to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, Before the bye week, I said going into the bye week, it would be a perfect time to go into the bye week on the back of a loss because you can have a week off come back get ready you know refill the refill the batteries recharge them get ready to go again and we've lost we've lost to the then three and seven raiders they're now four and seven raiders seahawks dropped to six and five with a 34 to 40 loss the hood is up Partly in mourning, partly because there's a cost of living crisis and I'm absolutely freezing. Um, probably not helped, to be fair. Granted, I'll give you, because I have got a glass of water with ice cubes in it. So that's probably playing a part as well, Pez, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, the point's there. Um, I'm just absolutely miserable this week. I'm sorry, lads, I'm miserable. I'm absolutely, I'm just as flat as a pancake because I, I did not think we'd lose that game at all. And here we are having to come on here talking about the, the, the squad's back together again. We're all back again for the first time in a couple of weeks. I thought, brilliant. We're all going to be back talking about a win again as we do best. <laughs> nice one. Another loss. Um, before I get too far gone already, I'm going to bring in the said personnel who make up this podcast, as you all know. Positive Pez. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, not going to be on suicide watch like yourself. Because for me, for me, it's as stated, like I said a couple of months, I think the last part I was on, like people need to just calm down. Let's just chill out. There's a couple of games coming down. What's going to tell us a lot about this team. Now, Yeah, you do get your hopes up. Everyone, you get you start getting excited, getting your hopes up, and you do start looking at things. But we had a really good chat with our um, Discord members um, after the game. It was a really good conversation where everyone was getting involved. Everyone's having a thing about it, and it it's what it's it's one of them where. We're better than anyone ever expected. So, like, 
there's no point really getting too down in the dumps about it. There's no point getting too over optimistic about it because we still don't like these last two games. We're going to get into it, like I said, but it just shows this team's not complete. Would you rather them fall apart now or get your hopes up into the playoffs and then they fall apart? Because I know which one I'd prefer if I was full fan mode, whereas I happily could take a back seat. When that game started going funky, I just started laughing. I was just like, yeah, this is going to go weird and it's going to be bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I also know why we've lost two games in a row. Oh, do you? He, he knows. It's because of our podcast. All right. You're blaming us, are you? No, no. I'm blaming myself. Right? Because I wasn't here for the, in the box to do positive Pez. Oh, wasn't I wasn't there last week to do positive Pez. Oh, I see. Sorry. So, it's because I've not been here to spread the positivity that Ken, as we'll here. talk about, he's still doing bits, but... Oh. Uh, he was literally doing a bit, few bits, bits this week. and pieces, um, that's it. Yeah. Josh, how are you, mate? I'm, I'm all right, mate. I'm absolutely shattered because it was my daughter's third birthday today and we just tried to wear her out, but in turn just wore ourselves out. Um, so I've literally got this pod recording and then I'm off to put up a house full of Christmas decorations to make it a winter wonderland for my daughter when she wakes up because she finally realises what Christmas is. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into this. Uh, trying not to go down too many rabbit holes. Um, but there's a few things to discuss. Mainly that Pez just being absent as Jinx does. Cheers, Pez. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think the same as every Seahawks fan that watched this game thought it was there for the taking. And it turns out it just wasn't. Um, well, let's get into it as a team. Yeah, we, we certainly weren't, weren't walking in a winter wonderland this week, were we? Um, we're going to get on to Gino. Ken, obviously, as Pez has alluded to, a couple of tough weeks under his belt now. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit. We, but for me, the main thing coming out of this podcast, and well, coming out of the game and that we'll talk about in this podcast, is the battle of the trenches. We absolutely got battered on both sides of the football in the trenches. That's the big talking point for me. Quandria Diggs, he was back, and then he wasn't back. Um, well, he was back to normal, anyway, um, this season. Bit of a flash-in-the-pan performance. We, we, we got proof of life. And then uh, and then he disappeared again. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about Quandre. And uh, I was a little bit interested to see, I don't know whether it was the Raiders or the Seahawks or Devontae Adams himself directly avoiding Tariq Woolen, but that wasn't the matchup that we all thought it was going to be for 60 minutes of football. Tariq Woolen very rarely was matched up with Devontae Adams. So I want to get your opinions on that this week and see what you think the reasoning for that was. Um, but we've got to start with the main man, Geno Smith himself. Um I don't know. I, I'm going to be interested to see your opinions of him on this week because I, I'm still a little bit on the fence. Um, as always, I'll read the stat line out. 27 for 37 on the completion attempts, 328 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, and, of course, the fumble as well. Whether you want to blame him or Ken for that, you 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 know, be my guest. I don't really know who was at fault. Probably 50-50. Um, 
But at the end of the day, for me, I don't put too much of the blame on Gino this week. Granted, that interception column showing a one is probably quite generous because I think he could have had two or three. Um, but at the end of the day, the offense has still put up 34 points and 34 points against a three and seven Raiders team, I thought would have been enough to beat them. Um, so I thought the offense did their job in that respect, putting up 34 points. And uh, and here we are sitting talking about a loss. So I, I think Gino made some excellent throws, as he always did. Um, particularly to DK Metcalf, I thought this game, I thought he worked in really well. He looked like a legit wide wide receiver, one franchise receiver this game. DK Metcalf, when he's maybe struggled a little bit at times to carry the entire load. Um, you know, I mean, 11 receptions this game for DK Metcalf. The, the, the next highest was three on, a, you know, going <clears throat> across a few players. Um, so he completely carried the offense on his back in terms of the passing game this week, DK Metcalf. Um but yeah, I, I I am interested to see what you guys have got to say on Gino because, um, again, we've talked about it a little bit in recent podcasts. Decision making errors maybe starting to creep into his game, maybe getting a little bit trigger happy at times. Um, I'll start with you, Pez. I don't. Ha- do you happy know what? With the, it? Funny, the funny thing is, with the Gino segment is not so much a rabbit hole. It's more. It, is, it includes him, so I thought I'd bring it up here. Gino, for me, I understand where everyone everyone's getting a bit over the top, and I never think I'd defend Gino uh, at the start of this year, but I, I found myself on Twitter defending him. Like, oh, the Seahawks need to hope that the Denver get to this so we can get the QB draft pick and all this. I was like, chill out, mate. Just chill out. This wasn't this. Don't don't get me wrong. Gino had an interception coming. We said it in our chat during the game. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff he was doing, there was warning signs just before he got picked. There was warning signs that he needs to switch on. He did it in a game pre- previous. He got but he got picked and then switched completely on. It's almost like lazy, a bit complacency in his game kicking in, mm-hmm. but. That's just Gene. That's just Geno Smith. That that's just who he is as a quarterback. Like I don't I don't think Gino is. Everyone needs to just chill. Everyone needs to chill out. Um, but you can see the hopes back in the fan base because they're, they're just who to blame. Gino's fault. All Gino's fault. Oh, we need to get rid of um, Clint Hurt. We need to do this. We need to do. That. You need to all chill the fuck out, man. What? Except for the internal optimists. We've got number one internal optimist on our pod, and even he had us at winning five to six games. So everyone needs to chill out thinking that, oh, yeah, we were a playoff team. No one in the in, no one in the fan base thought that. Everyone in the fan base thought we were a five to six team. Everyone admitted it. Like, yeah, that's probably about right. That's probably about right. I understand the optimism, the hope starts creeping in. But... You just need to understand my t- my thing for this is is whether you I talk about it on defense or I talk about it now is my thing is just said it in the box game uh, about how we played in the box game. Josh even stated in our chat it seemed like a Pete Carroll run game. Just things in that game. And what did this game look like? Because I've, I've asked everyone on Twitter. I've asked everyone in the Discord. I've tried looking myself. I did not see Clint Hurt once. 
no one seems to know because no one's replied to me. The only evidence I have of that was there was a video clip of when Jacobs ran his 86-yard touchdown to the house to, to ice the game. Clint Hurt is walking down the tunnel. I heard that. It was another podcast that said that. I haven't seen it yet. I, I still honestly think that he was a ghost. Figment of their imagination. It, it, he, I, I can't see him being there. Let's not go down that too far, though, Pez, because we're, we're on Gino. Now, no, no. So, sorry, I just... Um, I, I'm not going to go down it. I just want to state some things for the listeners, because I didn't know, do I bring it up on defence? Because that's where we were really bad. But I just thought, because I don't really have much to say about Gino, I just thought I'd chuck it in there. The thing is, is like I said about Pete last year, when we were still had a chance in the playoffs, everyone was screaming for the Waldron effect. When we died, even with Russ, what happened to the team? Josh then stated, if Pete just lets his coordinators do their job, this is what we could be. We've seen that. Is it now, again, Pete's little... Go on, it, say it, say it. You said it on Twitter. What is it? Is, is his it, greasy little mitts yes. all over is it the game. Greasy, but is it his <laughs> egotistical arrogance starting to itch at the back of his head again, going, oh my God, we actually have a team here who could do something. I need to get back involved. Because he, two games, this looks like the Seahawks of old. And look at the effect. I just, I just wanted to get that across to listener, just to think outside the box when everyone's drumming Gino to death. Take a step back a little minute and actually look at the bigger picture. Didn't see Clint Hurt once. On defence, the cameras panned a lot to Pete and he was doing a hell of a lot of talking for my liking. There's a lot of Pete with a now, headset on, which, which always worries me. Now, take that into account. So Jordan Brooks at the start of the year, there's tape showing it that it took him a while to get gelled with Clint Hurt. So Pete's now took over, and Pete's now talking his philosophy, a bit like how Russ talks to the Denver wide receivers in Seahawks terminology. There could be a bit of a miscommunication. That 86-yarder, for all we know, could have been a breakdown in the communication. Are we still team. talking about Gino here, Pez? Because I've, I've, I've a feeling we've gone down a rabbit hole within the no, first no, no, 10 no, minutes. No, 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 no. I could <laughs> trust me, trust me. I could go down a rabbit hole on no, this. No, we know you. Can. I only wanted to say it here. So people who I've seen so many people saying is Gino wet is Gino the take a step back for a minute and maybe look at who's culprit number one the whole time. That's all, that that's my Gino segment. I love it. It it it's it is typical. It is Pez at his best with his conspiracy <laughs> mischief, mischief, and we just <laughs> wiggling in some little some little uh, some little conspiracies. I like it. Um, Josh, what did you make of Gino? I've, I, I honestly that interception. If he's had five interceptions all season, he's played eleven games. Come on, it's not that bad. It was just a really shit interception at a really shit time, mm. and the interception was. I, I don't see it as his fault because no. if you look at the crossing route of the two receivers, they both seem to be ending up at the same point. I think Lockett even runs into the defender and Metcalf was on the exact same trajectory. So I, I find it really hard putting that on Gino because if DK had taken a shallower route in front of the defender, then he could have taken that. But they were both seem to be going for the exact same point. By the by, 
five interceptions in 11 games. So total stats, for those who don't know, 2,802 passing yards this season. 19 TDs. So his yards are tied at the sixth in the league. 19 TDs, which are tied fifth. Five interceptions, tied ninth. And then his, Q, his average QB rating is 64.2. So he's fifth in the whole league. On average, that means he's passed for 254 yards per game. He's had 1.7 TDs per game and 0.45 interceptions per game. Chill the fuck out, people. All right? They're not bad numbers. Geno Smith is Geno Smith. He is not a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, like Patrick Mahomes. We've got Geno. Geno is a serviceable QB in this system if the system works. Fundamentally, there are bits that are broken, which means that he can't he can't do everything. Mm-hmm. All right. Russ tried to do everything and look how much that failed. All right. The, I, I saw Geno. He just seemed like he tried to pass more and more. I, I love the fact that Pez just popped in, give a silent clap, and then <laughs> pop back out because he's eating his dinner. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it, this is like Gino. I thought he played all right. Like mm-hmm. he made first yards with his feet when he needed to. His passes were on. You know, his his touchdowns are what they are. You mm-hmm. know, like anyone who is berating him. Needs a reality check. Anyone who thinks he's going to be the next great Seahawks QB needs a reality check. He is a bridge guy. He's a middleman. He is going to be there until we draft our next starting franchise QB, which I personally don't think will be this year. I think we'll wait for next year or possibly the year after. Ideally, I think if we put Gino on a three-year contract, let him play or two-year next year, draft someone next year. I still need to look at the, the draft prospects. And then the, the year after that, they can sit behind Gino for a year and then take over after that. Mm-hmm. Let Gino play the way he's playing. He's serviceable. He's been excellent in some, some points. Yeah. This was just a, a game where that one, two, as you said, incidents with the, the fumble yeah. um, sullied what he did. Apart from that, I think he's been, you know, I've not once seen Gino come up to the line of scrimmage and I've gone, oh God, this is going to be an absolute shit show. Mm. He's, I've come up and I've gone, right, what's he going to do? Short five yards there, eight yards there. A bomb to the back for Lockett, you know, he's hit, hit DK far too much for my liking on this. Mm-hmm. There was a severe lack of tight end play, but again, as Pez said, is that because it was less Waldron calling, more Pete? Did Pete tell Waldron that we needed to change our game plan to accommodate for the Raiders' defence? I said during our our group chat, I said we need to focus on challenging the Raiders' cornerbacks. Mm. We did, and it worked. Apart from that, Gino, I think you can't really slander him for what he's done. Gino is who Gino is. He's done well. He'll continue to muddle us through. He win, he'll win us some games. He's just not shown that he can win us games in the last two minutes of a game yet. That's that's yeah. that's it. I'm yeah, I completely agree. On that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you know he's he's outperforming all of our expectations. And yes, there are some you know started to some errors started to come into his game, but it's just confidence. And I just think 
teams are, are taking us a lot more seriously now. They're taking Geno Smith a lot more seriously now, and they're, and they're improving their game now for, for Geno Smith and these Seahawks. Um, there's another player, potentially. So just, just to jump in quickly, what Josh said, um, it's kind of a bit like you should, you're seeing the ceiling of Geno probably because the more tape people are, the more tape teams are getting of him, the more you're starting to see, you know, the the, the struggles and the stop starts and things like that. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to watch as the weeks go on, whether he gets over them and adjusts, or is this his ceiling? And then he's going to get found out eventually. And then see what see what McVeigh does next week. Or this week, see what McVeigh does against him this week, and that will tell you if people have been studying tape on Gino. Let's just hope. Then, let's just hope Bobby's fucking Bobby's gonna flip it back ten years because they've got no Aaron Donald. They've got no, literally they're li- they're li- <laughs> all use lot go on holiday, go and get some sun. All use lot, but coach, I don't have any cleats. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Burn the janitors. It's fine. Just get on. It's basically, he's, he's, assembled, he's assembled a squad like they did in Little Giants. If you've ever seen yeah. that film, that's a massive callback. You know, it's just some snot-nosed kid who's there. They've just got one guy who's been throwing toilet paper in a supermarket. And they're like, you can be our QB. Um, but again, this, this is a game that we should win. But are we going to be outcoached? That that's going to be the big thing. Um, it's a, it's anyway, a great sorry. time in that. It's a great time in that. Well by done. the way, Pez, I don't know if you did that on purpose, but Sean McVeigh, as you were saying, that has officially ruled out Aaron Donald for this weekend. So that was great timing. Um, yes. There is another player. Gino's jumping for joy right now. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> some of the interior offensive linemen. Um, there is another player, and probably this lad as well. That is, uh, I think a few needs a few people need to potentially calm down on as well. Um, Ken Walker, because I was seeing tweets during the game saying. Ken because he went to the blue tent for a brief period just to be evaluated. And there was tweets coming out that Ken Walker had momentarily been benched and everything. And I was seeing responses like, good, get him out of the game, get someone else in. He's out. And I'm just, uh, this kid is absolutely phenomenal. Yes, he's had two tough weeks. We, we, we talked about the excuses you can make for him in the Bucks game with the field and the Bucks defensive line and everything like that. And they were all warranted. Um, but it, like, even the, 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 the sign of his class and the sign of his brilliance is on 14 carries, 26 yards. I get that. But he's still able to get two touchdowns in there. Two TDs. That two second TDs. one where it was Lucas and Parkinson just pushing the brilliant. file and you just see Ken's legs just churning Unbelievable. to get through. That was mwah, Unbelievable. Beautiful. So I think people need to calm down on you know the Ken slander as well because... I mean, I don't know about you, Pez, but I was disgusted to see some tweets that I was seeing on, on social media about getting Ken out of the game and stuff like that. I mean, come on. He wasn't getting any blocking up front, was he? No, you just said the point I was going to make. Uh, but do you know what it is? It's just it's just factions of this fan base. Do you know, do you know what they needed? So some of this fan base needed to bring back down to earth a 3-14 and 14 season so they could all actually appreciate what they've got. Like everyone's been saying, I listened to a fantasy podcast with a Seahawks guy on it, and he was dwelling in the things going, oh, we're shit, rah, rah, rah. straight after the game. They record straight after the game. Instant reaction. And the other two who aren't turned around and said, one's a Giants fan. He went, I'm a Giants fan. 
Like, how... <laughs> Like how how do you feel I felt over the years? Does does Detroit Lions fans only wishing they could have won a Super Bowl in the last twelve years and gone mm-hmm. back to another Super Bowl and been a playoff year team every single year? You spoiled brat. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's it, there's there's so much poison and I think unwarranted vitriol in our fan base. Like don't don't get me wrong, right? We all can lose it. We can all get really pissed off if we lose for stupid things. I like to try and be a bit more measured in my approach where I'm like, that was a shit game, granted, but I'm not going to blow my top because we've got the rest of the season and I still see this as a building season. Games like this prove that we're not complete yet as a roster. But I think the, like I said, looking at the tweets, there are tweets that I refuse to engage with because I don't want to be that guy. Because when people are that much, when people are that angry over something like football, when it's sports hate, they will literally pull anything out to justify their their stance and their viewpoint, which is ridiculous because it's sport. It's literally something that we as fans have no bearing on. We we cannot change. Well, if it's a lumen, fair play. The fans can, you know, do something. But those of us that watch from an armchair in the UK or at home in the US or anywhere around the world can do nothing to change what happens to this team. You know, the fans in that stadium, whilst they might bring noise, can't change who's been benched, who were signing as a free agent, who were drafting. You just live with it. And there's no point getting that angry about it. I live frustrated watching all my sports teams. My English rugby team has just folded from the, the premiership because of bad financial issues. We went to administration, RIP Wasps. But I can't be angry or sad about it because I can't influence it one iota. The same as this. I get pissed off. I go, oh, my missus goes, did you lose? I'm like, yeah, it wasn't the best game. But I'm not going to sit there and stamp my feet and go on Twitter going, this is fucking bullshit. Sack these people. Kill this person. This is ridiculous. Pointless. Get a grip. Get a life. Um, And I know Pez does quite a good, does a good job on our Twitter of batting some of these people away (laughs) and just telling them to get back in the box, which I love seeing. I don't don't comment. I just like the tweets. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, back on to Ken. I didn't see any of the Ken hate because eh, I may have engaged and got thingy. Because <laughs> the thing is, right, the thing is, you, what you said at the very end, James, the old line, people people want to blame someone in this game. Blame the freaking old line, mate. Yeah. Gino, G, so Gino's hesitancy in holding the ball for too long didn't help. But that all started from the old line. Yeah, Matt, the, Crosby, the... Matt Crosby oh. might as well have just started next to Gino. He was in the backfield that much. How the fuck? Sorry. But how do people think Ken is meant to get rolling mm. when the old line isn't even helping him? Like but Literally no gaps. There was nothing. That, oh, nothing from oh, people insane. Look at his first touchdown. Yet again, Ken improvising on the spot, finding a seam on his own and making something happen. The second touchdown, yes, he's great. He's got two guys pushing him in and everyone's like, yeah, well, he had two guys pushing him. If he doesn't keep his legs more, if he doesn't have strong enough legs, 
he folds under the pressure of five or six defenders mm. all pushing against him and two other guys. Whilst you have other guys trying to pull you forward as well. So the mm. imbalance, the fact that he can stay balanced, keep his legs churning against all that imbalance back and forth mm. is phenomenal. Like, people need to calm down. People need to maybe go back and sit down when we got Marshawn Lynch. I've said this in previous podcasts. Go back and watch every single Marshawn Lynch game, every single play, and you tell me every single game he was a, he was a god. Because I remember several games where he was a zero factor nah. in this team. Mm-hmm. Zero. He did, he did some games, he did nothing when we needed him the most. But because he did a few, like, don't get, he's a legend. I'm not discrediting him as a person. Context. Everyone remembers everyone remembers Beast Mode for the amazing things he did. But for the majority, it was mediocre. Mm-hmm. And and look, you've brought in the offensive line pair, so I'll get to them now. Um, you, you mentioned... Cool, because I have nothing to add on, Kem. I've got a lot <laughs> you, to add on this. I'm, there's two things that have that really caught my eye. One, why on earth was there no calls to chip block Max Crosby at any point during it? He wasn't chip blocked once. We didn't even attempt to, to change up the call. I don't even the, call a double team block on him. So it was just one-on-one every single time, and he was wreaking havoc as he will. And you, you mentioned Max Crosby. Andrew fucking Billings. Andrew Billings. Rectors. I, uh, no, don't get, uh, I know it's me getting me started, but I'm telling you now, right, this lad, three and a half career sacks before this game, right? He was drafted in 2017 in the fourth round by the Cincinnati <laughs> Pissing Bengals, right? He had three and a half career sacks before this game. Do you know how many sacks, do you know how many tackles he had last year for the Cleveland Browns? One. One tackle all last season for the Cleveland Browns. He comes into this game. He's had no sacks this season. Nothing. No sacks for the Raiders this season. Oh, but here's a, here's a sack, and, a, and he looks like a bloody all-pro. We were playing well. We could have been playing Aaron Donald next weekend. Maybe I, I, did anyone check where Aaron Donald was this week? Are you sure he didn't put a Raiders uniform on and just play and, and wear Andrew Billings's number? Because dearie me, we made him look like Aaron Donald. Like this interior of the offensive line, I, that is the worst to let someone like that of that quality or that lack of quality. And by the way, this was in his third lowest snap percentage this season for the Raiders. So he wasn't like, he wasn't even playing that much compared mm-hmm. to how much he's been playing. And he was still able to do all this and get like, it's an absolute disgrace. I'm so pissed at his piss poor performance from the interior of the offensive line. Piss poor from the defensive line that we're going to come on to in a minute. But dearie me, this offensive line, I tell you, forget about taking a quarterback. And, and, and stuff in the drafts coming up. Get these trenches sorted first because we're not going to any Super Bowl with a, give me Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, anyone, doesn't matter. This interior offensive line and this interior of the defensive line is not taking you to any Super Bowls because it is absolutely shocking. If you can let Andrew Billings play like that, I'm, I mean, seriously. Um, so, Josh, I know you said you had a lot to add. I hope I haven't taken that all away from you there in that little mini rant, but you you, you fire away on this offensive line, please. Um, so, we all know that I'm a big fan of Abe Lucas. I, I'm still, to this day, like trying to get my head around the fact that he was on the injury report on Saturday because of illness. 
And then they activated him again on Sunday to play. And it was evident. It was evident by the second half he was gassed. He was blowing out of his arse. And Max Crosby went, cheers easy. And just lived in that backfield. There, there's one, I think I think it might be from the sack, where you see Lucas, it just looks like his arms are so heavy. He can't engage a block. He gets one hand on Crosby. Crosby then just blows past him and then smashes Gino. I was like, that isn't the Abe Lucas we know. For, for the life of me, I don't get why, because we've got backup tackles. You've got Jake Curhan, who was serviceable last year and probably would have done better than Lucas because Lucas was, I don't even want to say he was 50-60% of what he's capable of. You've got Stone Forsyth, who there was a lot of chatter about. He's not done a lot with us, but he probably could have done a better job as well. He's got nice long arms. He's a long-bodied tackle, which you know probably would have done us a decent turn against Max Crosby. Um, Charles Cross, again, I thought did well, right? Which, which usually I'm saying that about Abe, but Charles Cross, based on this whole old line, was the best performer. The rest of the interior might as well have not been there. They were made of fucking rice paper. Austin Wife is there as a centre, experienced to lead this team. And we, we, we've waxed lyrical about Austin Blythe. Mm-hmm. Said that he's been a massive upgrade, he's done really well for us, and he has. But this game, he was just bullied. Like He's there for his speed of feet and being able to change direction and open a lane and hopefully hold someone off. There was not a chance in hell he was holding anyone back this game. Gabe Jackson was rotated with Phil Haynes. Phil Haynes, who had that ridiculous penalty for too many players upfield or whatever. I don't see how it happened. Another podcaster uh, mentioned it, and I didn't see him disengage from his block, to be honest. I thought he was fine. Um, Gabe Jackson is just now an absolute liability. I can't see where... We can justify keeping him next year. He needs to go. And Delu, like mm-hmm. the regression in Delu, has been nothing short of astounding. We drafted him, put him at right tackle or right guard. the The kid was amazing. The last couple of seasons, we put him at left guard, and you've just seen the traje- the trajectory for his it's descendant. It's like a plane crashing. It is ridiculous. He's just, he's gone from being, this guy's going to be a guard for the Seahawks for years to like every season we've gone, do we keep him? He has got potential, but how how long do you live off potential? Because he just doesn't seem to fit in that left guard mould. And it's, he's been proved, it's been proved like week in, week out that he's making mistakes. There's very rare that we'll say, Dilu, great game today. No one got through that left side. He's, he's always a, a point of conversation, and I'm I'm kind of sick of having it when it comes to the interior offensive line because if people know that our, our new tackles are going to look great because no one's going to attack them. They're just going to come straight through the middle, and you're just going to watch Gino's arsehole pucker when he sees like rushers coming through. Luckily, he's not got Donald this week, but mm. end of the season when Donald's back fit, holy crap! Like Gino's not going to get back. Is he out for the season? <clears throat> what I've seen there is, um, I heard it on a podcast, but I've seen it. Uh, someone's reporting that he's, he's basically just shelving all his starters. 
Ah, oh, they may as you well know, all, his, all, all his starters who are banged up, he's shelfing them all. Yeah, that's fair enough. They, they, they're fair enough. This shit can. On, yeah, a quick, on, a quick, so. on a quick side note of Aaron Donald, he's not played well all year anyway. He should have retired last year when he, when he was done here instead of taking all the money and stayed because he's not got the heart. He doesn't really care anymore. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Pez. Um, before we leave the... Before we leave the offense, um, quick shout out to DK Metcalf going second now in Seahawks franchise history uh, for the most receiving yards in a player's first four seasons, um, overtaking Daryl Jackson, who was on 3,808. We've now got DK Metcalf on 3,841, just over 300 yards away from the top spot. Joey Galloway on 4,122. Certainly looks achievable in the remaining games. Um, so he may well take that spot off him as well. But that was a nice 90-yard game this this uh, this weekend from from DK. Certainly the leading light on the offense. Um, before we get to the defense, Josh, should we go through our sponsors and a, a fun little announcement that we've got to make as well? Yes. So uh, big thanks to Blessed CBD, still our longest-standing sponsor. Thank you to everyone who is continuing to order. Uh, I placed my order with them yesterday, uh, not yesterday, day before, and it came through today, which is brilliant. Um, keep an eye out on Blessed's website as well because they constantly have offers. So our code, Seahawk, offers you 10%. However, if you go on the website and you see that they have another offer on, by all means, click through on that offer. And then when it gets to checkout, enter code Seahawk. It will track to us to say that we've sent you. Um Again, I say it every single week. CBD is a massive help. It, it's, it helps with your mental stress. It helps with physical recuperation. It, it has an untold wealth, and people are still testing on it now just to see exactly what it can do. Um, blessedcbd.co.uk. Type in code Seahawk right at the end before you check out. Let them know that we sent you um, and spread the word because the, the amount of people now that are starting to really get on board with blessed and it's showing in the figures that i get to see is brilliant so big up blessed big up and we've got a little announcement to make as well just do you want to do you want to let them know that we've got a new uh new line of merchandise coming out haven't we we have so some of you may have seen through our socials we have teamed up with merriman design who are currently uh an etsy seller but the website should be up and running soon uh, according to one of the directors I've been speaking to. Um, now, we have released a range of T-shirts, um, a range where we've got a hoodie on there. We've also got a brand-new um, Geno Smith Christmas sweater. Um, now, all of these are produced and shipped worldwide. Um, all you need to do, if you go onto Etsy at the moment or use our social channels, so Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, there'll be links on there for you to have a look. Go on Etsy, search Merry Men Design, uh, the store. There is a separate tab for We Talk Seahawks, our T-shirts, hoodies, and the, uh, the Happy Smithmas uh, Christmas sweater will be on there. Um, please let us know if you've got any feedback on them. Buy one. That would be amazing. Uh, we'd love to see these designs. We have worked hard on this as a team. So it's the We Talk Seahawks team that have actually designed these. This isn't Merry Men. Merry Men are just helping us with the delivery unto you um and with that james i, th I think you you wanted to add something with regards to the the t-shirts yeah would well, you like me to add it 
Yeah, I can add it because you've thrown it over cool. to me. Um, we'll, we'll be doing a little giveaway because Christmas is just around the corner. Um, and relating to this pod, um, at a certain point of this podcast, um, there is going to be a, a phrase or a, a bit of trivia potentially that I'm gonna I'm gonna decide um, after this podcast has obviously gone live. Um, we're gonna put it out on social media, across social media, what it is. Um, it's basically going to be a question relating to something that we've talked about in this podcast. If you get the answer right, you will be entered into the giveaway and you can win a choice of one of the game over or, um, or like tour tap. We've got it's like a game over series. There's a few different slogans and and, 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 and lines under the T-shirts. But basically, you can have your pick of one of those T-shirts to win. Um, so keep an eye out once this podcast has gone live on our social medias and you will find the question that you will need to get right. And if you do, you'll be entered into the giveaway to win one of those T-shirts. Um, yeah, please do follow that. Let's get to this defence then. Um, as I always just do. Just before the defence, sorry, just to put in, shout out to Geno Smith because he's currently leading the uh, pro QB Pro Bowl for the NFC. Yes, We've got is. another one that we're going to speak about later that's uh, doing the same thing. Yes, there's, there's two, I think. Yes, there's, there's three. Two. There's three. Well, three including Gino, isn't it? Two on defence. Yeah. Yeah, I've got my match. Yeah, right don't worry. Up. We'll talk don't about you. your boy later. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the sack totals, as I always do. Um, one sack for Puna Ford, and that was the sack totals. Um, interception <laughs> numbers. <laughs> Andre Diggs with two, and that was the interception numbers. Um <laughs> Dear, oh dear, oh dear. In the past two games, the Bucks games and then the Raiders game, the Seahawks have faced 69 quarterback dropbacks. On those 69 quarterback dropbacks, they have registered three quarterback hits and one sack. Um, let, let me just compose myself for, for, for a couple of seconds before I begin this, uh, this, this murder of the defensive line. Um, Josh Jacobs. Is he a is he a two hundred and twenty nine yards rushing running back? Because I don't think he is. Um, Josh Jacobs went for three hundred and three scrimmage yards <laughs> against us. He matched. He matched as if two hundred and twenty nine rushing yards on the ground was bad enough, right? Uh, He's then also we've then let him match Devonte Adams in the receiving. He's led the receiving yards with Devonte Adams in this game as well. So he's got 74 receiving yards on the day as well. As if, as if the 229 yards you know, on the ground wasn't enough. I will let him have 74 yards and match Devontae Adams in the air as well. My goodness me, Uchenna Nwosu cannot do it all on his own on the defensive line. Um, I'm going to run you through. I, I, I saw this little this little fun stat. Uh, shout out to Joe Fan, Seahawks reporter on Twitter. Uh, day one to two draft picks spent on the defensive linemen since they took Frank Clark in 2015. Um, 2016, we took Jaron Reed. 2017, Malik McDowell. 2018, Rasheem Green. 2019, LJ Collier. Well, hey, he's all pro, isn't he? 2020, Daryl Taylor. 2022, Boye Mafé. So far, those picks have combined to make 50 and a half combined sacks. Frank Clark, on his own, has 56 and a half career sacks. We are doing something wrong at this defensive line position, and it needs to be addressed. Um, this, the run, the, let's, let's start with the run blocking, because we've let Richard White have a career day against the Bucks, and now we've let Josh Jacobs rush for 229 yards. I'm going to say that for one final time. 
Josh Jacobs has rushed for 229 yards, right? Uh, what an absolute disgusting performance. Like, I'm not having no excuses, no fatigue. You had a bye week. You had your legs up on the sofa watching film, eating popcorn. You're not tired. You know, you've had extra time to prepare. You know exactly what the Raiders were going to do. You know exactly who Josh Jacobs is. And he's certainly not a 229 rushing yards. I, uh, I'm just so, I'm, I'm absolutely disgusted with it. We've been so praiseful of them over the past few weeks. They've turned a corner. Well, yeah, shout out to the defensive line. They're doing well now. Um, nah, straight back to normal. As always with the Seahawks defense, they just they either start good, finish cold, or start or, or start cold, finish good. They just cannot play well for, for an extended period and across the seat. They just can't do it. It is not in their DNA. Pez, please you... take the reins before oh. I, I, I throttle my laptop. Well, it's a bit like last year. The same question comes up again, doesn't it? I'm pretty sure we have a mastermind defensive head coach who just nothing ever changes with his team. The D-line's always shoddy. It's just it's just the same things recycled over and over and over again. Do you know do you know what I heard? I am gonna target this at Pete because you you rattled the players off. But it does land on Pete. He's a defensive guy. This is his defence. His defence, right? Do you know what fucks me off about that man? In the press conference, it scares you to think he got a team back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, I think, because obviously he doesn't take any blame in his his age and his time of his career. He doesn't take blame on himself for being once proclaimed, self-proclaimed defensive mastermind is now, I'm not I'm not defensive head coach, I don't know what you're on about, I love the offence, that's why Gino's passing. I think they tried to respect him, Devontae Adams, too much. You're the head coach of this football team. If you think they're doing that, you tell them, stop fucking doing that, because he's got 200 yards on the ground Maybe let your how how bad does that speak of our cornerbacks? Right? Bad. How bad how bad does that speak of our cornerbacks? That his game plan, don't put it on the fucking players. Yeah, he can't, as Josh would probably rightly cut in and tell me, he can't make them tackle, he can't make them do their job, he can't. But what he can do is if he thinks they're giving Devontae Adams too much respect, maybe tell them to fucking stop doing it. And I will try and tone my language down a little bit on this because this winds me up. Sherman, we have a bleep button out. Oh, you might need to because Sherman is heyday. <laughs> You're going to get onto this with Woolen, but Sherman is heyday would follow the wide receiver one around the field. The, I, I saw a chart of Devontae Adams' his runs on the field. He went Woolen's side once. And I think in that one. One chance he went his side, he got nowhere. Run play. So do you know run play to Jacobs that one? Mm. It might have been, and he never went there again because Devonte Adams, or like he's a route genius, he probably would have put him on the cooker, but he didn't want to take that risk because of where that team is at this moment in time. So they look at Michael Jackson and they go, "Thank you." Just chill out, mate. Get your fucking sun lounger out and chill out on the other side of the field, pal. Like, no, not this 
all-worldly rookie looks like going to be all-pro. Go and get your ass dirty against Devontae Adams and go and shut him down. And then all the other players who we schemed up to stop Devontae Adams, maybe they can stop Josh Jacobs. Like, I might not be a tactical genius when it comes to the NFL, but fuck me. If the head coach is coming out and saying, well, maybe they just gave too much respect to Durante Adams, tell them to pack it in at 100 yards when he's dicing you up after 100 yards and he makes it look easy. The kid's not broke a sweat. He's got the cheerleaders fanning him down like, oh, it's all right, girls, I'm fucking sound here. Maybe go, oh, he might be an issue. No, no, because Devontae Adams is there. He played Green Bay enough. Surely you know how to handle Devontae Adams by now. It just, Josh it, it, called it at the start of this. It wasn't players, it was coaching. We lost this game because we got out-coached. Well, that that is going to lead me on to you, Josh, because I was going to enter this, bring you in with this point to lead on to, and Pez has brought it up there about coaching. Um, Seahawks are now allowing 388.7 yards per game. Last year, they allowed three, 379.1 yards per game, which was the most in franchise history. And we all know that led to a pretty sweeping, you know, the, the axe came down on a lot of people. A lot of coaching changes were made. And, and ultimately, we, we switched defence completely and now playing a 3-4 defence. And we're allowing practically no, we're 10 not. yards. We're not. No, no, don't stop telling yourself that. We're not playing a 3-4 defence. We're playing a 4-2-5 defence. If you look at this, sorry, I'll let you carry on, but this is a real bugbear of mine. So all throughout this game, I did not see a 3-4 defence. I saw a four-man front. I saw two defensive tackles and then two DNs. I saw two linebackers and then just DBs. It, I, I, I was watching it and I was like, have we reverted back to a 4-3? Am I, I'm, is Brian Neal now playing linebacker? Have, have I missed something? Because that's all I saw. And yet we kept rushing four. I didn't see us rush five. I didn't see us stunt on three. Anything. It, Same it as was last week against the Bucks. But that, that, and th- this is where like, Pez and I have obviously come to loggerheads previously about the coaching and the Pete thing. But that has Pete's signature all over it. Just imagine if we'd had a five-man front. Would Jacobs have had as many gaps to run through? No. Woody bollocks. But no, instead we go, oh, yeah, we'll just keep with four. We're comfortable with four. Yeah, we, I reckon it'll come good. I've said this. I think I'm pretty sure I've said it on the pod a few times regarding Pete. The definition of insanity, okay, is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, Josh Jones it, doesn't help either. Playing, playing Josh Jones over and over again is, is insanity because that, that missed tackle on that Josh Jacobs run was absolutely indefensible. And Cody Barton as well, by the way, on that play. Watch mm-hmm. that play as well because he just runs in to the line of scrimmage that is already massively congested. It's an ISO run. You can see it. You need weak side help. Jordan Brooks is 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 matched up with his guy and he can't get away from him. And Josh Jacobs, all right, bang, straight through the gap. There's no one there filling in the gap. Run straight past Josh Jones. It's just... Absolutely, it, it was so amateur. What, just what, what was the rest of your question? Sorry, I went off on one. There was no rest of the question. <laughs> oh, I was it? just going to purely lead in with that. The so for me, the this I'll I'll talk about, and I've done this before on the pod. Regular listeners will know. 
if you look at the tackling numbers, so our D line, it was evident we were getting no pressure. We were letting Josh Jacobs run through us, round us, just skip leisurely, not really give a toss what he was doing because it was easy for him at that point. As Pez said, he got to 100 yards and went, oh, I'm not even broken a sweat here, lads. This is mega. Um, you look at the, the defensive stats. I mean, and Chelanowosu, I think it, it's evident his the system when we play a four-man front does not benefit that man at all. He needs to be wider coming in around the D, the offensive line as opposed to going straight to them. Mm-hmm. Daryl Taylor, I feel really bad for anyone who has who bought the full 10 yards annual for this year because I picked DT as the player to watch and DT is the ghost of DT. I'm, yeah, I'm starting to think that last season was a figment of my imagination because I can't see anything he's done. He's had a few, a few force fumbles, fair enough. But we expected game by game him to just improve and wreck games and bring speed, bend, physicality off the edge. Nothing. The interior, Puna got his sack and a tackle for loss. Brilliant. Apart from that, did nothing. Shelby, tackle for loss. Apart from that, nothing. Al Woods, it was indicative of how this game went when Josh Jacobs stiff-armed Al Woods into the turf and just kept running. I thought, you know what? The, 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 the best opportunity you have to win in these trenches is by putting those three big boys up there to stop that interior sort of run and then have two outside linebackers rushing. Mm. Didn't happen. And as a result of that not happening, and us playing this four-man front with Cody and um, JB in the middle, Jordan Brooks, total of 16 tackles. Cody Barton, total of 12 tackles. Now, Pez, you're shaking your head. What do I always say when the linebackers' uh, tackles are high? Uh, don't get me wrong. I love it when I see him getting dirty, but 16 is for is a ridiculous. Because what's going to happen to that lad is he'll get burnt out by the end of this year. Yeah, he'll get burnt out or get injured. Um, and that's where his Pro Bowl vote is going to go. No, thanks. Um, when he's leading at the moment. Exactly. And th- this is where if your middle linebackers are tackling that much, your D-line have not done their job. Because they are second line of defence. You know, they should literally just be shielding, marshalling, making sure that if there's any help needed on a tackle, they're coming in for an assist. They're picking off a route every now and again. But they made so many tackles because there were so many runs coming their way that that's all they could do. Just it also, it's just it was just like missed assignments, missed coverages, because there's a lot of times where they were gashing us up and it was always Jordan Brooks in the nearest man. And I was like, oh, man, Josh is going to have a field day on me without Jordan Brooks. <laughs> but then I went on Twitter and people like um, Matty Brown and a few other people were like, because people, people were giving Jordan Brooks load saying like, oh, he can't cover her. We We need to get someone else. We need to get this. But they turned around and went, you need to understand. If you don't understand a play or film then don't say anything. The reason Jordan Brooks was the man closest to them was because the other person had messed their assignment up and he just never quit because he's that quick. 
JB's like his there, there was one tackle where I can't remember who it was on. He started essentially on the opposite touchline, sprinted all the way over, dropped his assignment when he realized exactly what happened, sprinted over and made the tackle. Like I, I you cannot doubt the man's commitment, his ability, his athletic prowess and his ability. He's still got some learning to do, I think, when it comes to defensive calling and hitting the right gaps and finding exactly what it is we want him to specialise in. But I think he was, he did all right. But, you know, as an inside linebacker, you're going to get gassed doing that much work. Mm. You know, Cody Barton, I thought, in spits and spats in this game, was really good. It was his tip that led to Quandre's, but again, safety instincts. Said it last time. Typical up and down of Cody, though, isn't it? Typical. Exactly. He played. He played far too much, in my opinion. It's almost he, like he he's been playing all week. right. So they give, they're giving him a little bit more each week. And look at the defense. What what did we say when this defense got better? You got more Ryan Neal and less Cody. But Cody. But then it, it gets it gets all muddled. I, I imagine it would like in them little bits. He make good plays. It's like oh, let's give Cody more time, and then it regress again, and then they go again, and then they regress again, and they go. Signing back as a situational middle linebacker. Like we yeah. said this, we, we we have banged this drum so much on this pod of put him in with one assignment. Don't let him figure out where he needs to go because then he hits the wrong assignment. You go, Cody, you know, Mark, just go straight in for the QB. Cody, stand in the middle and act as an extra safety for us because he's going to pass it over the middle here. Which, you know, he did with a plumb when he tipped that ball. Brilliant. But then you have these occasions where he doesn't hit the right gap. He he ends up double teaming someone on a block that doesn't need to be double teamed or he goes for the wrong person, completely misreads a cue. Don't get me wrong. I think he's, like Pez said, he's up and down. His ups have been brilliant, but his downs are just silly concentration lapses or not yet yeah, really detrimental to the team. And they're not, they're not sustainable as a professional athlete, as a starter. He, That's what I said. Re, if, re-sign him, put him on a lower contract, situational middle linebacker, absolutely fine. Quandre you know Diggs. what we should do for the uh, competition question? Someone find me a still picture with Clint Hurt with a finger in his hand actually calling a play, and then you'll get a T-shirt. But I don't <laughs> think anyone could find that shit. <laughs> honestly, my Pete, my Pete itch really wound me up because of this, the last two weeks of the defence. That like last year, I'll give it to Josh. Josh's version of Pete, I can tolerate. Let your coordinators do your job. You give them the vision, let them do it. Not you start getting involved and start messing everything up because that's what it feels like. Mm. Like Josh said, anyone who's been listening to us a long time since Josh has come on, loggerheads over the Pete situation and coaching and stuff called it in the books game this game went the same way by the four the four man the the, the four man front what you're saying that is pete's that is pete's bread and butter and if no one wants to believe that you can join our discord and just talk to my brother (laughs) you might want to leave straight away but he will teach you the years of seahawks with pete carroll and how he likes to play defense because oh my God, did he nearly kill us all on Discord? Yes, he did. Um, he didn't let anyone opinion. talk. 
even if you tried messaging, you message that frequently, you were just like, I'm, I'm, I don't bear so I, I genuinely, I, I literally put for, for those of us who aren't on our Discord, get in it. But it's free, by the way, and it's pinned to the top of our Twitter. Um, it'll be shared on our Insta as well. But I only put notifications on that flash up on my screen during the game. And as soon as all this happened, I just, Luca, when he went off, my phone was just going buzz, buzz, buzz. I was like, oh, that's a tasty conversation happening. And I just saw him <laughs> going off on one. I was like, oh my God. So, oh, someone quick, put Luca back in his box. So get him a Valium. You can't stop him. When no. he goes with the Seahawks, you've just got to let him go. Well, I go thought. On. I thought Quandria Diggs was going off as well in this game to start with. Two interceptions and then tackling nothing. Issues. Tackling issues. Zero. Coverage Zero issues. Coverage. Yeah, that, that touchdown to, uh, what's, he, what's he called? Abdullah, Mir Abdullah, I think his name is. Um, I mean, did he just forget that he was covering him on the start and then he just left him? And then I, I don't, know, don't know what happened there. Um, he's, he's had coverage issues all year, Quandria, but... We could have forgiven him if he was getting picks. We were forgiving him, this, you know, this week because, you know, the picks had come back, two picks. You're thinking, right, that, there's Quandre. He's back. Sign of life. He's back. And then nothing. And the missed tackling, poor coverage skills. I mean, we've got some decisions. Like we said on this pod, we've got some decisions to make at this safety position in the coming years because um, I, I'm... I, I'm I, I'm, I'm becoming less and less convinced by Quandria now. I don't like this contract now. Um, it's just, it, I'm seeing a lot of bad things from Quandria this year. I've ne- I don't know, man. I'm just not sold. I'm not sold on this contract now with him going forward. It doesn't look like the player that we paid that mo- that kind of money for. I'm glad that we paid him and, I'm, and from a you know career perspective for him. And, and it was right that we did pay him. But, I don't think he's the same player after this injury. I just, I'm not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it. I don't know what you guys think. Just, he, since the injury's come back, he seems to have lost a step. He seems to be more hesitant in going into his coverage assignments and contact. Mm. The the tackling, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. We've got a finite amount of time here. And the one that really struck me was the, and I said this in our Discord again, just people launching themselves at, like ball carriers, feet off the ground like a missile, trying to hit them with a shoulder. Now, I, I was on TikTok earlier. Was a guy, I can't remember who it was, but he was like an ex-college and NFL player talking about tackling, about how rugby like rugby coaches are brought in to help the NFL tackle because that's what's needed now. And it's all about contacting contact at the ground, chop your feet, pick your direction, use your shoulder and bring the same leg to them to generate power and then keep pushing off through there. That mm-hmm. is a tackle technique. Wrapping your arms to stop them running. Quandre, launching yourself at a horizontal to someone, trying to get a shoulder in, is going to do nothing apart from have a savvy guy put his hand on the top of your head and go, later taters, and you're going to be eating dirt as he's running down the touchline. I'm... Uh, the two TDs, I was uh, the two interceptions. I was really happy to see mm-hmm. because he's he's needed those this season because he's had a few that he's dropped. I'm just getting more and more concerned about his not his ability because we know he's got it, and more his mindset and where his where his career trajectory is going to go now because mm-hmm. he's he's making silly mistakes that you don't expect from a vet. We were supposed to have the best safety tandem in the league. That's One gone down the ship, man. 
Yep. Yeah, one of them was actually injured, and one of them plays like he's he's a a, a rookie that was you know drafted in the sixth round. Oh, well, get what's happening. Before we bring in positive pairs to end the podcast, there was a rookie who was drafted in the fifth round that we have to talk about. Tariq oh, Wallen, Tariq Wallen, Tariq Wallen. Um, yes, 39 coverage snaps, two targets, one reception allowed for 20 yards and zero touchdowns allowed. Boy, don't mess around with that kid, fam. Um, yeah, that lad is absolutely... <laughs> Never do that again. Why? Mate, you Middlesbrough. You can't, <laughs> you can't speak like that. We I live down south. I hear it enough from people that shouldn't speak like that. <laughs> well, clip, clip that. You That's the giveaway it. question. Someone uh, is not finding the key for this lock because he's just locking them down every single week. Um, yeah, whether it was Devontae Adams or not, I don't I don't particularly care. Um, the, the kid's just phenomenal. Um, and, and to be fair... He needed to be this week because, again, I don't think Kobe Bryant was particularly good this week. Sorry, Pez, I just don't think he was. Um, but he's shown yeah. up due to his speed. Tariq Wallen, he just every single week, he's not had a bad game yet. He just hasn't. He hasn't had a bad game yet. Just showing up every single week. He's the other one who's leading his position in the NFC Pro Bowl in vote, keeping out the likes of Ahmad Sauce Gardner and all these guys. He's made himself a reputation now. And that's what I like. I know you absolutely love him. And sorry to cut you off there, but I know you will just wax lyrical about this boy. Yes, um, he's made himself a rep after the first, what, five, six games of the season? Because let's face it, the first game of the season, people didn't expect him to start. They expected Cody to start there. But he's come in, he's locked that down, and he's got to a point by week 11 of the season that quarterbacks are going... Um, where are my reads? Where are you? You're being like manned up by uh, Tariq Woolen. I'm not throwing your way, mate. I don't want another interception on my record, you know, or an incompletion. So they're looking at anyone else. But yeah. unfortunately, that's also highlighting Mike Jackson. He, he's uh, just, I found it. You are right, because it's him and Source who are leading the Pro Bowl for their position. It's going to be two rookie he, corners. Leading the he's Pro Bowl, though, he? leading it by 12,100 votes. <laughs> 12, 12, you see the 12, it's, it's meant to be, it's meant so, to be. On Kobe, I thought this, because he hadn't had a good game, didn't have a good game against the Bucks either. Yes, it could be his speed off the break, what seems to be catching him. They, they, get, they get out of their break a lot quicker than he does. But do you know what I feel like we might be seeing now with, Colby, uh, as the weeks have gone on, more tapers. I think we're starting to maybe see, to defend him a little bit, maybe see a kid who's never played slot before starting to get exposed by slot receivers. Mm. And they, they are slot receivers. They run them routes day in, day out. Kobe is still learning to be a slot guy. And there's been a couple of times in a couple of games where he's been caught out by being hesitant on that way, that way, and that split second because of his, because he's like he, he is the profile of Sherm. Not got a lot of speed, but can read the game really well. Mm-hmm. But you can see that he's questioning himself, and I think it's all that's all coming from. He's not naturally a slot corner. He's an outside corner. He'd get absolutely cooked on the outside in the NFL, though. Like, could you yeah, could you how... imagine if it was him versus Devontae? He can be yeah, but... as savvy and as smart as he wants, but Devontae would burn him. 
Yeah, but Devontae, if Devontae went up against Tariq, he probably would have burnt Tariq a couple of times. No, he wouldn't like, have burnt him. He might, he might have stepped him, but he wouldn't have burnt him. No, not but I mean, ch- burnt him in, he would have burnt him on the route. Oh, yeah. I, I, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll live no, but, in the, no, the but, realistic but, world, Pez. Yeah, because he probably would have, but I, I just, I'd like to see Kobe on the outside because that's where I'm guessing his natural instincts would be. You know what I mean? It's, instinct's fine, but it's ability. If you haven't got the ability to be an outside corner in the NFL, you can have no. all the instincts and intelligence you want. Yeah, but how do but, we know? But how do we know? Because we've never seen it. How do we know? Athletic testing know? scores, mate. Athletic testing scores. Anyway, Tariq Woolen. Go on, Jim. You, you can finish this segment on your boy because... Oh, no. Look, I, I'm finished. I, I, I want to really get to the segment that we all love, Josh, and we're going to get it oh, in we time. we missed. Please, we have Pez, missed. give have us a missed. nugget. Positive, Pez. Positive, positive Pez. Pez. What are you positive, positive about, this, positive week? about this week? That's going to have to Come do, on. Pez. <laughs> oh, that, that's, Jesus. That's better. I didn't even James do the first one. Bit. I thought he was doing one. Yeah, I was doing yeah, one. But, yeah, well, that's what I thought. And Jesus gets excited. <laughs> He's oh, singing. I didn't go to musical school, Pez. I, 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 I appreciate it. I appreciate my jingle. I do. I do enjoy it. <laughs> Welcome. Um... Right, so it's been two weeks, and as I told you at the start, I'm sorry to all the listeners that I've let you all down. It's my fault they've lost. From this week to the Super Bowl, I will not miss a positive Pez, whether I have to pre-record it and we'll put it in, I will be there for you, right? (laughs) Now, Ken's been struggling, my boy's been struggling because he listens to the pod, and he knows I've not been here to to juice him up. To just talk ridiculous numbers so we can try and match them. So we're back. Ken. No Aaron Donald. Defense is battered. Gonna be a bit more of a challenge on the receivers. DK's always had history with Ramsey. So it's time for Ken to uh, emerge. And he's gonna emerge this week with the help of Travis Holman. Oh, we're not going to have Ken on his own anymore. And we're not going to have Ken, 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 a bit of DJ, Ken, Ken, Ken. It's going to be a solid one-two, Ken and Travis Holman. And what's going to happen in this game is Ken's going to get two touchdowns and he's going to go over 100 yards and everyone's going to start wanking him off yet again. But we have screenshots on our phones in this modern area. And what's that saying? I've got your receipts. Yeah. I've got them all. They'll all be coming out on Twitter when you all start talking about him. So when he gets his two touchdowns and his 100 yards, that's going to be because Travis Holmer and his aggressive speed is going to put the Rams' defence on the back burner that much that they're going to just give them a bit too much respect and then Ken's going to get churning. Maybe not at the start of the game. going to be a slow game. Second half, he's going to destroy them by himself. This isn't going to be the game what I really want. I, I want Gino to to win a game for us. Like me and Josh have said, we spoke about, he's not proven Last two it. minutes. Last two minutes. I really want that game. This game ain't going to be it because I think we're going to destroy them by about two or three touchdowns. I think Tariq Woolen, you're going to have some ambitious young Wolford or Perkins who are going to Fuck it. We're not getting a QB starting job again. Wollen's going to get it. 
MJ's going to get it, and it's just going to be an absolute demise. I, I'm genuinely, without going overboard, if they even dare test Tariq in this game, I think it'll be three. He'll, he'll take. He'll take three. He'll pick him off. He'll pick him off two or three times, and he'll take one to the house. I have a feeling this defense. I'll call it right now, James, because I know you love. I've not said it yet. I'll call it right now. This defense is taking one to the house. Whether that's a strip, a pick, pulling his pants down and chucking his helmet over his head, they're taking one to the house. Like, it's going to be. Defense has been bad two games in a row. Third time, lucky. This is going to be a defensive showing. I like it's, it. He's not been here for two weeks and he's just given us two nuggets for the price of one. That's Ken Walker on offense and then the defense. Tariq Woolen, if he gets three and takes one to the house, I, I will be well happy. It's not, it's um, not Black Friday just, anymore, Pez. You know, you know, the, deal, the deals are finished. The, the, deal, the sales are on, mate. The sales are on. Well, <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's Pez's bog off. Buy one, get I'm one. I'm telling you, <laughs> listeners, if you like to have a bet, Seahawks defense. Anytime touchdown scorer happening. Get it, get it down, jot it down as you always do, people, because I tell you what, Pez is, Pez, positive Pez has been on a little bit of a roll this season with his with his predictions, and I and, like it. And I'll call the score now. I, I'm back in this defence that much to get themselves straight that I'm saying it's going to be, we're going to be 35 to 40. And they're gonna be lucky in garbage time if they scrape past twenty. Pez, I'm I'm with you, mate. I think I think I think we've got we get some battered built- out of run game, right? We get battered by the run game. It's a well known fact. You you listen to fantasy, you play fantasy. We are ranked the bottom three defense at the run before Josh Jacobs did what he did to us. We have always been there all season. We give up to the running back. They do not have a running back. No, they don't. Pez, I'm with you, mate. I think we've got some built-up anger. They don't have a running game. Cup's out, Donald's out, Alan Robinson's out. All these players are out. Stafford is... Oh, yeah, because he makes a massive difference, doesn't he, Alan Robinson? Yeah, they're, 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 they're absolutely <laughs> tanking. It's a ben game. Yeah, Ben's the Ben Skoranek break. I'm, I'm genuinely just putting him one of my fantasy teams. I was like, oh, I might as well. Well, yeah, I think they've got some built-up anger over these last two weeks. I think there's no better opponent that I would love to see them take it out on than the Rams. Um, and I think they're going to do and that. Just sorry, whilst I'm just overloading on the Black Friday positive pairs, and we broke the LA curse. We have already the broke Chargers, the LA curse, you're right. And we dominated them we in did. LA. And we're going to dominate LA again. We're going to end with that little phrase there from Pez. We dominated LA and we're going to dominate in LA again. I like it. Um, so, yeah, as always, get those notes down in your phone and in your in your notebook, whatever your positive Pez notebook that I'm sure you've all got, um, because the man is just a gospel of knowledge on on his positive Pez predictions. And it's just, is what's that? What's that uh, prediction teller on, on Mystic Meg? There you are. He's Mystic Meg, Septic Peg. There you are, Septic, Septic Peg. He's the Mystic Meg of the Seahawks world, this lad. Um, but no, yeah. Before um, we sign off, yes. a bit of news that we forgot to mention. What's that? 2023 throwbacks. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, nice. I, More money I down the ship. I've a new jersey man. for a few years, but that is a new one. That, that's, that's it. 
That's yeah, right. yeah. I was supposed to bring Ooh. it up earlier because I'm oh. quite excited. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, no, no, oh, dear. Oh, that's another underpants bloody gone. <laughs> Tariq Woolen throwback. <laughs> Tariq Woolen throwback. Oh, I tell you what, Josh, that's going on. Oh, yes. Good man. That's, that's, that's going, going on the 2023 list. Christmas list. <laughs> oh, I'm getting it before. Well, it depends where they release them. But they're <laughs> a bit of a truckload of boxes. <laughs> his mum, his mum's going to have knitting and Fred. And <laughs> Why are you knitting, Mum? Oh, I'm sick of paying all this money for your boxes. I'm knitting them for you. <laughs> Turning me old socks into pants. Anyway. Right. Oh, why have you got so many newspapers, Mum, and a stapler? Oh, these are your new underpants, son. Easy oh, disposables. Filth, Pez. Turn this podcast to absolute filth. Oh, as my always. God. Anyway, I mentioned throwbacks. You took it down the drain. Should we just, should we just sign off? Yeah, well, let's just sign off, as always. As I was trying to do before the filth came in. Um... Yes, thank you, as always, to everyone for listening. Keep your eyes peeled for the giveaway for our, our T-shirt that we'll be doing on social media. Um, yes, as, as as we've said in the podcast, join the Discord, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff, TikTok. Um, you know, check out our merchandise store online. Um, did you did you plug the the web address? Josh, did you mention um, where to go? I, I did not. Yeah. It's uh, it's etsy.com forward slash design, I believe. Alternatively, go into Etsy. Um, if you search design or one word, uh, click on the shop. It's all there. Um, next time we're on, we should have the actual website for us, uh, for you. And a new We Talk Seahawks website with the shop on there. The shop is hey, going Jim. to go on there, yes. Hey. So I'm going to put it onto the website so it's ease of access for you all. Um, but yeah, man, thank you as always. Let's look forward to getting back on track, back in, back in the NFC playoff race with a win against the Rams this week. Go back to seven and five. Let's get back into those wildcard spots and let's just get to, back. Yes, Pez. Just to finish off the pod, people need to calm down as well because we're going to be number one in the uh, NFC West. In two weeks, anyway, it's fine. People need to calm down. All right, good finish because the 49ers have got the Dolphins and the Bucks, and even though Bucks are massive frauds, they're going to lose both them games, and we're going to win both our games. So then, when we play the Niners, it's still perfectly. It's old school. NFC West football, Seahawks versus the Niners. Three bits of positivity. Week 15, Thursday night football, where we love it, at home, and we're going to take that NFC West. They're all buzzing, they're all going, fucking yeah, 49ers, fuck off. Click that. Goodbye. Go Hawks. Yeah, there you are. Go Hawks. There you go. And on that, go Hawks. (laughs) 